Welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Church podcast. We pray that this message will help you in your walk with Christ. The title of Dr. Splon's sermon today is The Definition of Faith. The big idea is that the author of Hebrews uses the faith Abraham displayed as an example of those who believe God exists and rewards those who seek him. Thank you, thank you, thank you, um, students. Thank you for all you've done to lead us this morning. I invite you to find a Bible and turn to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. It's on page 8 of the Pew Bible there in front of you. And then we're going to flip over to Hebrews chapter 11 and read verses 6 and 8 through 10. You'll find that on page 851 in your Pew Bible. Give you some context for this series. We're going to be walking through a series called The Life of Faith. And we're going to look at episodes in the life of Abraham in the Old Testament. And we're going to look at passages in the New Testament that pick up on Abraham's life and faith and comment on it in a way that we understand more fully the difference that Abraham's faith makes for us as followers of Jesus. I want to thank the fourth through sixth grade Bible study boys for this series. I was teaching them through, believe it or not, kind of biblical theology over the course of last fall and this spring. And we walked through the Old Testament and we walked through the New Testament. And it just became so apparent to me how important Abraham is. We understand so many doctrines based on his life. And so um, shout out to the 4th through 6th grade boys Bible study for, for getting us here. I invite you to listen as we read in Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. The Lord has said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Verse 4. So Abram left as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. In Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundation, whose architect and builder is God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What does it mean to be a person of faith? What does it mean to be a person of faith? As Kenley noted, we, in this traditional service each Sunday, we confess our belief in the truths of the Apostles' Creed. And sometimes we might think about faith in those terms, that faith is some body of truths to which I give mental assent, that I'm a person who belongs to the Christian faith and there are certain doctrines that that we believe Scripture teaches. 
But I want to put before you this morning the idea that, that faith is a body of things that we believe. There are truths that are important for us as people of faith. But you and I getting to a place where we say and where we believe certain things is not ultimately the goal for us as believers. It's not that what we believe is unimportant. It's not that we shouldn't be precise. It's not that we shouldn't study the scriptures and even from time to time maybe have debates about what's true in light of the scriptures. But as I've been thinking about Abraham's life, I've been reminded that it's more than just saying that we believe certain things. But it's also being the kind of people who live into the things that we believe. And Abraham is surely a good example of it. He's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, which is why I like Abraham so much. We're going to see over the next few weeks as we walk through Abraham's life that, that he's held up as a model of faith, but from time to time, he falters. He looks away from God and God's promises. He looks to his own abilities. He looks to his own strengths and resources. And at times, he is off course when it comes to the life of faith. And perhaps you, like me, can relate to such a faith experience. So over these 40 days, as we journey toward the cross and celebrate Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and our hope that we have because of Easter Sunday, we want to consider what it looks like to be people of faith. Now, in Genesis chapter 12, this is one of the most important passages in all of the Old Testament. It's when God calls Abraham and he says, Abraham, I want you to leave everything that you know. I want you to leave your land. I want you to leave your family. I want you to go out to the land that I'm going to show you. And as you go, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you so that you might be my vessel of blessing to all the nations. And Genesis 12:4 for me is just as powerful as Genesis 1:12:1 1, through 3. We tend to focus on all these promises that God gives Abraham that he's going to make him into this great nation, that he's going to bless him so that he will be a blessing to others, that he's going to make this covenant with him. But I'm just as struck by Genesis 12:4 when it says, "So Abraham went." Abraham went. Now, I've never been in Abraham's situation. I'm not yet 75 years old. I do not have a wife like Sarah at this point. In Genesis 11, toward the end, it tells you, and it makes me love the Bible that much more as it's setting up the story of Abraham, that, that Abraham's wife Sarah was barren. So it just adds a little bit of intrigue to the story of how it is that he's going to have all these numerous descendants. And then Abraham is called and he goes. Now, I've left home several times over the course of my life. I left home one summer and I went out to Yellowstone National Park, a place that I had never been. And I spent my summer with a group of people that I'd never met. And as I was there on a summer project with Campus Crusade for Christ, it is indeed the truth that the Lord blessed me there. I had to leave that which was familiar had to go out and join God and his purposes in the world. And as I went, I experienced God's blessing in my life, and I hope and pray that I was also a vessel of his blessing to others. 
I left home one time and went to South Africa to do mission work. I can remember you all in the weeks leading up to go to Cape Town, South Africa, um, having the TV on at my parents' house. At this time, I was working at the high school I graduated from. I was preparing um, to get married later on in life, but, but I was going to Cape Town, South Africa for this season of life. And, and I was watching TV with my parents, and I can remember there being this episode of, of one of those nature things. And the guy was out in Namibia, which is just north of South Africa, and I was glued into it like never before. I was like, what in the world? What's happening out there? And I got on a plane with all of my bags and never had been to South Africa before, this boy from South Carolina. And as I went, I experienced God's blessing in my life, and I hope that in some way I was a vessel of God's blessing to the people that I met. But unlike Abraham, I feel like I always had an out. I feel like I could go back or I could call somebody along the way that, that I wasn't necessarily totally just setting out into the unknown like Abraham did. In a time when there wasn't the internet, when there wasn't the opportunity to communicate people at the drop of a hat, when there weren't gas stations or rest areas, Abraham takes everything that he has, and in response to God's command, he goes. And in Hebrews chapter 11, the writer of Hebrews looks back to Abraham, and he helps us understand, I think in a more clear way, what it means to be people of faith. Now in Hebrews chapter 11, we start the chapter by the author of Hebrews saying, by faith we, we look out at the world and we see all that God's created and we understand that there is a creator God. It's the truth we see in the Psalms, it's the truth we see in the book of Romans, here in the book of Hebrews, that you and I can walk out today and we can look at all that God has created and we can understand that there is a God who exists. But faith is not just understanding that there is a God who exists. Here in Hebrews chapter 11, we learn something more important about faith as well. Without faith, verse 6, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God, whoever would approach God, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. We must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, in my experience, at least, as we talk about faith, and I hear Christians debate faith back and forth, it usually seems like we're, we're focused or we're obsessed on that first part. Does God exist? And we can have questions and we can have debates and we can slice it and dice it so many different ways to understand, does God exist? But I would guess, I would figure that most of us in the room today, we believe that God exists. We believe that there's a God who is present and at work in our circumstances, even when we can't understand it. We look at everything in creation, and yes, we understand and we confess and we believe that God exists. And that's a good thing. Don't hear me this morning saying confessing that God exists is a bad thing or not important. 
But if you and I are going to lean into and live the life of faith that God calls us to live, we must also believe that he rewards those who seek him. Now, sometimes for us as Christians, reward for our faith is kind of a dirty word. We kind of think that if I pursue God for some reward, then it's very self-serving. And we want to be, it just bothers us. I remember helping somebody across the road one time, and I said, that just felt good to do that. And maybe a more cynical thing a person would say, well, you just did that because it made you feel good about yourself. Perhaps. But maybe I'm created in the image of a God who cares for people. And that he calls me to care for others. And as I join him in the work to which he has called me, I experience a reward. That there is something of the life of faith that if you don't lean in, and believe that God exists, and believe that the path to which he has called you really is better than every other path that you could walk, then you're not going to follow him. So this morning, I want to plead with you, don't try to follow God just because it's the right thing to do, or just because you're a strong, committed Christian. Don't look to your own resources, your own desires, But lean in and really do believe that following God and living your life according to his will, as it's revealed to us in Scripture, really is the better path. I think about our students often. How many of you remember when you were in high school? Gracious, I kind of do. I'm so glad you all didn't know me back then. I kind of remember it, and I think about the choices and the decisions that I made as a person of that age who was trying to follow after the Lord, and it felt like to me that the narrative was something like this, hey, the world's got everything that's better, but you ought to walk away from all that and just do the right thing and follow Jesus, Like like I had to walk away from everything of the world that was better and somehow pull myself up by my bootstraps and be a better person and just choose the more holy option even though it may not be the better option. If you're here this morning and you're in this room and you are a young person, I want you to know that when I look back over the course of my life, the things that I regret most are the times when I thought that that was true and I was going to choose the better portion. That following God really wasn't the better option for me. That the world had a better narrative. And at every point along the way, I regret and I repent of the moments when I thought that what the world had was better than what God has. And you see it everywhere, not just as teenagers. Everywhere that you turn. Why? Because the life of faith is hard. Make no mistake about it. As long as you and I are called to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ in this world, it's going to be a difficult journey. It's going to cause you to walk this way when everybody else is walking this way. It's some of those things where Jesus talks about 
the road being wide and the way being easy that leads to destruction, but the way that leads to life is, is narrow and there aren't many people on it. And that's 100% truth. But the way of God and humbling ourselves and following in the path that he has set out for us, even though it be harder, at every point along the way, it is better. To be people of faith, you and I must believe, yes, that God exists, but also that he rewards those who seek him. How did Abraham demonstrate his faith? Verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. That verb translated went out, it doesn't just mean that he left for the day or he was going to the grocery store. It means that he was walking away from everything familiar to him. That he really was making this decision to leave everything from his security to his kindred, all of that behind to go out to this place that God was going to show him. Verse 9, by faith he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land. So he went out to this land, and then also he had to continue to dwell in that land. Many times we believe the initial promise and we go out. And then while we're sitting there waiting for God to make good on his promises, we start to question whether or not he really is going to be faithful to what he said he would do. We start to question if this life of faith truly is a life that's better, if there really is a reward in pursuing the Lord. And Christianity is not a faith where we deny the hardships and trials that we face in life. This morning, your staff gathered to pray for the day. We read from Psalm 77. If you haven't read Psalm 77 in a long time, I encourage you to do it. The psalmist cries out to the Lord and says, Lord, effectively, I feel like you are not with me. Effectively, I feel like you're asleep. Effectively, I don't see your hand at work in my life. And I commented to the staff gathered there that those aren't really prayers that we pray very often, are they? That at moments we try to dress up our faith and we try to pretend like everything is okay and keep going. But the reality is that sometimes, and you all could tell me more than I know to this point, sometimes the journey of faith is hard. I pulled out John Calvin's Institutes this week to read a little bit on what he had to say about faith. And he made this statement that I thought was really good. Theologian like him, we can lose the good for all of our disagreements about everything else. He made this statement that's so good that faith is not always comprehension, but it's assurance. It's not always comprehension, but it is Assurance, And what he means is that as you and I walk through life and things are hard and things are bad and the path of obedience seems like the path that we ought to get off of and go back to that land that we know, we won't always comprehend God's plans and purposes in our lives. But as people of faith, we can be assured that he is present 
and that he is with us and that he will accomplish the good purposes in our lives. If you're here and you have children or you've ever raised children, you know how that works, that whole comprehension and assurance thing. That so often as I'm trying to raise my children by God's grace and mercy, I'm trying to navigate them into the path that really will be the path of most satisfaction in the Lord. But do you think they're always just like, yeah, Dad, that's wonderful. That's so great. Thank you for not letting me X. No, they don't. Just like your children don't or didn't, and just like at times you and your relationship with God don't. But I'm hoping and I'm praying that over time that they understand that my heart is for them. And that as faithfully as I can, I'm trying my best to lead them into paths that will ultimately fulfill their heart and be for their good and for God's glory. I want them to be people who can't always comprehend my ways But as I look back and I show all the ways that I've displayed my care and love for them, that they can be assured that I am with them and that I love them. As followers of Jesus, you and I have the privilege of living on this side of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And in those moments where we question, is God present? Does God love me? Is God for me? Is the path of obedience really the path that will satisfy the desires of my heart, all that you and I have to do is look to the cross. So that we know, because of the hope that we have in Jesus, nothing in this life, not even death, can separate us from his good purposes in the world. So I pray that you would ask the Lord for the grace and mercy to be more and more a person of faith. That yes, that you believe that God exists, and that also that second part, that you believe that he rewards those who seek him. And that we as a group of people would be confident, that we would be assured that come what may, God loves us, he's going to accomplish his purposes in our lives. I invite you to pray with me. Father, we are so grateful for your love for us. And we thank you for the many ways that you've revealed yourself to us. That we can walk out of this sanctuary and we can see your glory on display in the world that you have made. We thank you that you are not just the God who created all things, including us, but you are also a loving and a merciful and a gracious God. We pray that you would win that war in our hearts by the power of your spirit, that we would trust and believe in you. And even though everything around us in our lives might try to convince us otherwise, that we would be people who walk in assurance that you will not leave us, you will not forsake us, and that even in our death you will be present. And one day we will be raised anew when Christ returns. Help us, Lord. We confess that we believe, but we need help in our unbelief. We offer this prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
We pray that today's message brought you hope as we continue to love God and live with grace and generosity. Be sure to check back here for more podcasts. And as always, go out and do the Lord's good work.